I was working as a technician in Hawaii and sold a photo off of Instagram. Somebody wanted to buy an image to print in their house. So immediately, like an idiot, I quit my job. I was like, okay, well, like, you know, I sold one. Hey guys, welcome to Creative First. I am your host, Kelsey Cochran, and I am so glad that you're here. If you would have told me back in January that by the last quarter of this year, I'd have a podcast at Chisa House and we'd be streaming our episodes online for everyone to listen to, I'd have absolutely denied that, but I could not be more excited that that very statement is now true for us. I'm so excited to share the stories of the guests on this show and from the interviews that I've recorded so far, it's become very clear to me that no matter your career, there's always space for creativity hence the name of this podcast. To start us off, we have an awesome guest. His name is Santino Marciano. He is a Colorado-based photographer and producer at Rome Media, and his story takes him from the skate parks of New York City to the coast of Hawaii and the streets of Italy before he landed a career at the company of his dreams alongside so many inspirational and reputable outdoor filmmakers and directors, which he now works side by side with. And some of his work has taken him to some of the most incredible outdoor locations on earth, including remote areas of the Arctic, ones that can actually only be represented by numerical coordinates, which is pretty crazy. So I cannot wait for you guys to hear a little bit about his story and how he has found such success. So let's get into it. Hey everyone, I am pumped to speak with our guest today. His name is Santino Martirano and he is based in Boulder, Colorado and he is a photographer and a producer at Rome Media. Rome, for those of you who aren't familiar, is a media company that exists, um, as they put it, to inspire, educate, and enable your life of adventure and purpose, which I, I think is an amazing outlook for a company. It really aligns with our mission statement at Cheese the House as well. So I'm pumped to have you on today. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm stoked to jump on. And we, we actually just realized today that the president of Chispa House and the founder of Rome were hanging out this weekend. So <laughs> that was small world. <laughs> hanging out up in up in Aspen. Well, we all crank away here at our desks. Uh, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> we're working hard up there. Well, let's jump into it. I want to start with your background first. When did you first get a hold of a camera or when did you realize like, hey, my passion is in filmmaking and producing? You know, when I got a hold of a camera, you know, we weren't we weren't thinking about like the career behind the camera as much as it was like, you know, skateboarding was our first means of adventure, uh, like where I grew up. So we skated everywhere. And if you got a skateboard and like you think you can make it one day, then you film it. So we always had cameras in our hands. Uh, I think I think my first like personal camera was uh, my aunt gave it to me. She was in art school at the time and I was really young, like fifth grade, maybe third grade. And uh, I went out back and like blasted through like two rolls of film. But really, I mean, skateboarding was the first means, you know, we always were trying to make skateboarding films and little sponsor me tapes and all this stuff growing up or it was just really fun to just share on 
YouTube and things like that, where from an adventure standpoint, like always documenting the crazy rides we went on over, you know, even state lines and like ridiculous stuff just on skateboards, I think was really like the driving force behind it all. You know, my father was a video editor or is a video editor. So he always had cameras laying around and stuff too. Um, so it was just kind of always in front of me. And, you know, after I went through high school and I went to actually automotive school, I was working as a technician in Hawaii and sold a photo off of Instagram. Somebody wanted to buy an image to print in their house. And I was like, wow, you know, my hobby that went from skateboarding to traveling and just always documenting everything sold a photo and I was like okay so immediately like an idiot I quit my job I was like okay well like you know I sold one if people know they're there then maybe they'll buy more he was an old guy that I like printed it for and sold it to and maybe he doesn't have great vision or something because I look back at the photos and I'm like wow those are terrible but it really like sparked something for me um I was 19 maybe and I decided like okay well I'm gonna chase this so I left the island went back to the East Coast and like started freelancing in New York and just traveling everywhere in between just to build my portfolio. So like every penny came in, went straight out to like another flight. You know, I was traveling around and shooting more and more and finally starting to shoot things I really wanted to, which was, you know, outdoor adventure sports like climbing and skating, even mountain biking, stuff like that. And yeah, then I, you know, I hit kind of a lull in like my freelance work and I decided I was like well I'll just keep growing my portfolio so I kind of dropped everything I was doing and flew to Italy wow (laughs) and just went there for six weeks and drove around in a car taking photos and that's when I started talking with Christopher Gerard our founder at Rome and kind of came straight back from Italy to Denver to Boulder to start working with Rome it was kind of just like a freelance career that somehow landed me here and it's been amazing that's awesome so i know you said like when you were first doing camera work you were constantly making skateboarding videos which is obviously like an outdoor activity so do you think that your passion to film outdoor activities whether it be climbing or or skiing or, or whatever it is stemmed from that original like skateboarding passion oh yeah i mean 100 percent. i think it's i think it's also like why I'm addicted to certain styles of shooting low angles or things like that, like really wide glass, because like we were just like fisheye, mm-hmm. you know, like classic, like late nineties, early two thousands, like skate videos. But yeah, totally. I mean, I think that where I lived, it was kind of like a suburb of New York. There weren't the mountains that we have out here. You know, I'd seen them as a kid. I lived in Italy as a kid and kind of moved around a bit, but I think that I was like always just attracted to the idea of going until like you couldn't go anymore so for us like we you know we skated from all day from sunrise to sundown hitting every town that surrounded us and just doing everything we could so it was definitely like where the adventure started for me and then that evolved right so you know for me it really just it really did change when i think i moved to hawaii i had never even been to the west coast before um just during interview processes i'd been to california and hawaii and then I started a job there and I was like, I have to move. I have to travel. I have to do everything I can. So I was, you know, always on the road. But yeah, 100%, I think, started from skateboarding. I mean, some of the first stories that all started from like getting back to school on a Monday and being like, oh my God, like we skated to, you know, we hit every surrounding town 
before the sun went down, you know, whatever it was. And that story then became like, oh, let's take photos and film it next time so we can show our friends. And- you think that if you, because you lived in Hawaii and you said you went back to Italy for a little bit as well. Do you, how do you think that those locations just being so different from the suburbs of New York, like impacted your creative style? From the time when, uh, when I was living in Italy, I remember actually, I was so young and I was using my, my dad's camera and just filling up rolls and cards. And my dad was like, stop taking photos, you know? <laughs> so I, I became addicted to it early on. And I think that being in, in Europe, like really helped me just diversify like the way I shot things, the way I saw things. Because when you're a kid and you grow up in a certain place, you've probably gone through your whole life in one town and like looked around, but never looked at like the tops of the buildings on Main Street, right? Because they've always just been there. And you don't realize it, but even where I'm from, like there's this, cool spot that used to be like a sporting goods store that has like the most beautiful architecture right so yeah I mean like for me it just I think it opened my eyes to understanding like what the full picture was between that and Hawaii I mean from framing if you will like in Italy and like understanding what the full photo is to like the grand landscapes and shorelines in Hawaii I think those both had a huge impact on my photography I mean Hawaii I was constantly surrounding myself with the stuff I wanted to be doing. So my roommates worked at Peter Lick's art gallery. We were always, you know, out shooting photos, heading west, like getting up for sunrise every day of the year, actually. Like I did a whole year. I think it had a huge impact on the way I even just solved problems just from a producing standpoint. So I want to kind of dive into your experience at Rome because that's what you've been doing ever since, you know, you came back from Italy, you went straight to Denver, and then you said to Boulder. So... How did you find Rome or how did Rome find you, I guess, if that is a better question? (laughs) Yeah, um, it's actually funny. I didn't find Rome. So um, Christopher Gerard, Rome's founder, he has another company and it's an agency and it's called Inkwell Media. And uh, they work with big outdoor brands from Toyota to Yeti and, you know, things like influencer campaigns, but small productions here and there and stuff like that. So, you know, I reached out to all these different people and either got no response or basically like, you know, we're good. (laughs) We don't need help right now, Um, which is fine. Totally valid. Like, you know, I basically found Inkwell because all these guys were affiliated with them, right? There's this Inkwell Network, which is essentially like the agency's roster. You know, I saw like Chris Burkhardt, Jimmy Chin, Renan Ozturk, Conrad Anchor, like all my heroes from like the climbing world, the adventure world, the photography world, the filmmaking world, like, you know, Dirk Collins is up there. He's an amazing director. I saw this and I was like, okay, this is like the right place. These are all the people I've been trying to like talk to anyway. Let me just try and figure it out, see if I can help out. So I emailed them and they weren't looking for anything. Mind you, like, at this point, I already had like a associate's degree in automotive engineering and tried going back to school while I was freelancing and stuff. And it just wasn't my thing. So, but I wasn't necessarily looking for an internship because I had like already kind of started my life. But, you know, they were saying like, you know, they have some internships available. And I was like, well, if I freelance out there and I'm interning or whatever, then I'll make it work. So I asked them, I was like, I will just like sweep the floors and help out like whatever you guys need. They were like, all right, like this dude wants it. You're not letting um, go. <laughs> yeah, I basically talked to Chris and like hounded his his wife uh tracy who was helping out like office managing at the time and i wouldn't i just wouldn't leave her alone and i was like yo like i'm in italy right now i can be back whenever you guys need i think you know three weeks or so 
I basically got the internship, right? And then I landed in, in Newark. And when I landed, I got an email. Yeah, can you be here like, you know, September 1st or whatever it was. I was like, uh, yeah, sure. so I didn't even pack. I didn't even like unpack from Italy. I just threw my bags in my truck and like left. You know, it was kind of crazy, but it worked out. Yeah, got over there. And then a few weeks in, basically the role I had was CJ Christopher Gerard. I, had, I was his assistant. So I was like the assistant to the CEO of Roman Inkwell, kind of working for both companies. And I was like, well, I was like, I don't really see how I'm going to get to touch a camera, but I'll figure that out. Um, two weeks in, he's like, yo, I'm going to New York for the free solo premiere. I need you to like help me figure out how to get across town very fast because I used to work in New York. And I was kind of like going through it and I was looking at like his, who he had mapped things out. And I was like, yeah, you should do this and this. And he was like, you know what, just, just come with me. <laughs> so I was like, okay, okay. great. <laughs> Next thing I knew, I was like shooting the free solo premiere, hanging out with Alex at the climbing gym beforehand and shooting some stuff. My life just like flipped like a dime. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. I can't believe that this is, you know, kind of happening. And I think right after that trip is when Chris kind of moved me more towards the Rome side of his operations. And then the experience I had both freelancing and, and shooting, I think, was more valuable on, on that company. Next thing I knew, we were like producing the line and all these other projects. So you kind of have already touched on this because I mean, there's no way you would have been at the free solo premiere if you hadn't found realm. But like, other than that, other than things that just started kind of falling into your lap, what advantage do you think there is as a producer who's a part of like a, a production agency or a media agency versus if you would have continued to just keep freelancing your skills and trying to get some work with some of these big names that you were like messaging? The way I've said it to, you know, friends and friends of my little brother and people that people that reach out and are curious about how to do it. It's like now, for example, if I'm going to email any of those guys who didn't answer me two years ago, they recognize the name, Mm -hmm. whether it says at Rome or at Gmail or whatever it is, they'll recognize your name. Even if you're just CC'd on an email that somebody else sent from an agency, when you're trying to kind of do your own thing, I think that just being able to like recognize the name enough to stop for a second and be like, Oh yeah, like that's not just like an email. Cause these people are busy. Like the people you want to get a hold of are like very, very busy. Most of them have managers or, you know, things like that. So, but also like I got there and immediately was like, wow, I don't know anything. Like I thought I knew so much freelancing in New York, making enough, which was like already just like a feat in itself. I was like, Oh yeah, I could like, I can do it. And uh, I got there and I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. it's crazy like excuse my language it's okay Um, and that's not to say that i didn't shoot good photos that i knew nothing it's more about the fact that like understanding that there's always more to learn and for me i'm like addicted to learning you know i'll do anything just to learn more about something without going into a classroom yeah (laughs) so i think that like the experience level if you're if you're planning to be like a producer and you can work at a production company like rome that's in the niche that you want to be working in then 100 percent do it because you see all sides if you're if you're up and coming and you've worked you know for like some small outdoor backpack company or like they traded you product or whatever all the stuff that we don't like but if you're doing that now, then I'd say that the best move you can do is like find either a photographer to mentor with or a company to work under. Because as a producer, I've noticed that I've learned more about what the client's thinking. So when I'm on site, I can think like the client was. Mm-hmm. I can be like, okay, well, wait, let's just shoot this anyway. Even if you don't put it in the edit, let's just shoot it because I know the client might ask us to put that in when we give them our first round, right? 
So yeah. I think it gave me a lot of experience in, in understanding and being able to think about projects from the other side, as well as just understanding the business of it better, like just terminology. It's not the same. And even in the outdoor industry, like a lot of it's just like handshake, let's back of the napkin, kind of let's go shoot this. And you know, we're on the same page. So it's cool. <laughs> but yeah, it'd be great if you have the opportunity to gain experience. And if it's something that you think is a stepping stone and you like want to be a freelancer and you just, you need more experience then put a timeline on it, mark account, like mark your calendar on your phone or whatever it is, put a date in your mind. That's a year or two years down the road and set your time limit and say like, I'm going to learn as much as I can between these days. And it's like, it's like graduation day. Like you just don't forget that day. And then all of a sudden the date passes and you're like, Oh, am I supposed to resign? <laughs> anyway, I think that that's like a really good thing to do. It can really like help kickstart your career. I like that tip you brought up about like putting the deadline, like marking your calendar and being like, learn as much as you can in this time period. And when you get to that date, you can reflect on the past, however long it's been a year, two years, three years, and just realize like how much you've grown and like did I achieve like the goals I wanted to achieve in this time frame am I at where I thought I wanted to be at Mm -hmm. Um, that's a really good tip and I know you were saying like you love to learn whenever it's not in a classroom (laughs) keep you out of the classroom but there's some really like you were mentioning some really big names in the outdoor film and and photo world who are affiliated with Realm like you've mentioned Chris Burkhard you've mentioned Jimmy Chin I know Corey Richards is part of it as well how has being able to work like alongside them and being able to network with them allowed you to learn things that you may have never learned on your own that have then impacted your career? There's so much. I, <laughs> that might be a loaded question. <laughs> you can, wow, yeah. There's so much that I've learned just from conversations, from, you know, having a coffee or just emails back and forth and like kind of seeing what that person has to say or think. You know, I'd say that someone like Corey, who's become kind of a friend or mentor rather at, at this point, I, ha- I can have a cup of coffee with, with Corey and, and walk away knowing that I've learned something. The, these guys have been, and none of them have, have had it easy, right? I mean, when I first moved here, like it was literally just beans and rice for, for months, <laughs> you know, I was like, okay. So those guys have all been through that. I think to have someone that you can look at as a mentor or somebody that you can look up to and, and actually speak to as well, you might think LeBron James is the man, but I don't know if you can get a hold of him, right? So, you know, if there's somebody you can talk to in that way, I think that like even just asking for feedback, like running over to Corey's office where he shares with Keith Ledzinski and Andy Mann, I walked into Corey's office one day with a print and it was like, what do you think of this? Like, I, I think it's terrible. I don't know what to do kind of thing. Like this guy bought this print. And uh, him and Keith together just like looked at it and they were like, you know, giving me feedback, both positive. And I think they were being really nice because I was like on my way to deliver the print, you know, and I like look at it now and I've adjusted the color. Yeah. But having that that kind of support, I think, has been super huge. Um, Being able to pick their brain. Am I doing the right thing? Like, Mm -hmm. is what I'm doing here at Rome? Like, am I like learning in the right path that I should be? Should I have like just continued to grind as a freelancer until somebody saw my imagery? Like, and there's no right answer anyway. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter really what anybody has to say. Cause at the end of the day, like it's going to work out how it was going to work out anyway. Not to mention our founder himself, Chris, like huge mentor um, over the past few years. So I think that of course beneficial, but also very like rewarding. Cause I know I could have walked in a year before I did with that same print and been like, Hey guys, what do you think of this photo? And they either would have been like, 
Macquarie, that's the kid that works at Rome or like, yeah. or it just would have been a hundred times worse because it was a year before, right? Like understanding what is a good photo through those guys, understanding how to tell a story just from conversing with them over coffees. Like this photo is lacking this because it's not telling me like where you came from or this photo journal, this series of images isn't telling me where you started, where you ended up. Well, I want to touch on some of actually your recent work that you did for your guys' Boundless series. So you did some work with uh, Latasha Dunstan. Is that how you say her last yeah. name? Yeah. Okay. So through that episode, it was like the content and her lifestyle of living out of her RV are honestly like a lot slower paced than probably some of your past work. So how was your experience on set with her compared to maybe some of your past on set experiences in a much more fast paced like environment? Latasha's energy alone, it, it made you feel like we were getting ready to go drop the falls in Montana like the episode before. Like her energy and her excitement and her passion behind like what she's doing, her energy really like kept it going but from from it being so much more like calm than what we usually do i realized that i spent the last two years like shooting like as savage people as i possibly can you know it's like oh like let's go climb let's go kick our own asses on this bike ride let's go do whatever right uh, it was so refreshing um because of that like it was like nice to compose a photo where things are like moving much more slowly and like it was just amazing like it was just like a really nice reset after spending a week in in moab shooting episode one in 105 degrees and then mm -hmm. you know running from sun into shade all throughout the day and then just shooting on the front ends of each day um <laughs> and then montana we just sat in the rain and and it was kind of miserable but super fun because we love that stuff and when we got to shooting episode three it was like really hard push on the series so it was just all around an amazing experience and and super fun and you know her energy and her partner and and lilo their dog was just like just such a it was just felt like we were camping with friends you know it just felt like a weekend out with friends and it was it was amazing that's awesome when you're capturing someone's livelihood and like their love for the outdoors and the way that they express it what are some of the moments that are most important to capture, like in your opinion? You know, from a, from a still photography perspective, I think that some of the moments where, where you can capture like the actual feeling, you know, because a lot of people are, are, you know, we're staging certain things in a lot of ways. So it's like, quote unquote, walking up to whatever it is. But I think that from, from my standpoint, it's like whether or not we did that like same 20 foot walk three different times, almost saving or waiting for that moment where the person actually shows what they're truly feeling. Like the moment we're actually, okay guys, like we're done, like directing you walking back and forth, like time to paint that moment. Like Latasha, I know in this example, like her face lit up. She was like, awesome. Let's go paint. Like I'm so excited. Right. So I think that it's important to capture like the passion when it comes out, giving it a place like a grand landscape or that passion in place together is what makes something in the outdoor space like really special. I, I love seeing somebody climb, mm -hmm. but I love seeing that shot of them like at the anchor smiling like stoked and looking down or looking at the camera or just like trying to high five the cameraman because their like stoke levels are just through the roof. Mixing that that passion and that place mm -hmm. is is super important to me as a photographer. I really liked that episode. She just seemed so genuine and her painting in the end was beautiful. So I know we're, we're almost up on the time that I said I would keep you, but I have one last question and you've kind of touched on it already. Like there were moments 
where you've been like, hell yeah, like I love what I'm doing. I'm meant to be here, but I want to know what you believe to be your single most proudest moment in your career where you were like, yes, like I love what I'm doing. I can never stop doing this. <laughs> I think it's a pretty easy one for me. So I was fortunate enough um, to go on Mike Horn and Borgay Ausland's uh, 2019 North Pole crossing expedition, um, which yeah. capped off Mike Horn's pole to pole expedition where he circumnavigated the entire globe. Um, so we started in in Nome, Alaska, and sailed to the drop-off point at uh, 86 degrees north. And then, of course, we um, we sailed and left them there <laughs> to yeah. walk across. <laughs> we sailed to, to Norway. The day before the drop-off, I was shooting an interview with Mike um, inside the boat, and I was kind of just looking at my camera set up and setting up the lab mic and just getting everything set up. And I like looked around at like where I was, like stepped out of the boat for a second, and I just like looked around, we're just like perched up on like a hunk of ice in the middle of absolutely nowhere. Mm -hmm. And I like walked back in after getting a breath and like ready for the interview. And I was just like, awesome, like <laughs> sick, you know, <laughs> I can't believe that I'm here. You know, yeah. I mean, Mike is also like one of my biggest heroes, which like, I hate, like, I love to say, but I hate to say, I think that was a hundred percent like the moment where it hit me was like, this is like, I can't go back to the office almost. I was like, I almost couldn't even talk about the, the trip for a while after. Cause I was just like, I can't put it into words because you can't understand how amazing it was to be able to document like the world's greatest explorers, the world's greatest living explorers, to be able to document that and shoot those images and sponsored by Fujifilm. My first published photo was on the X-T1 at this point, we we're using the X-T3 everything kind of lined up to be like just something like really special. And that was like the moment where I like realized we we're sitting at, you know, as far north as further north than any non-breaking vessel has ever been. And they walked away into, <laughs> until I couldn't see him with my eyes anymore. And I was like, all right, <laughs> now we got to sail to Norway. But uh, yeah, that was, I think the day, like I was really just sitting there interviewing Mike and Borge and all around just blown away. I cannot imagine. I mean, part of me keeps thinking when you were telling that story, like, wow, I wonder how cold it was when you were up there. <laughs> like, I can't imagine like you being yeah. so excited and at the sa same time being like, oh my God, they're about to just walk through the tundra. It was freezing. Like it was cold. Yeah. Like I spent days like cold. When you're going through the ice, there's somebody on the mast, you know, in the, in the crow's nest, just watching for big ice. And we all took shifts doing that, which is where some of the most amazing photos mm -hmm. came from because Mike put it best is like, I think this was during the interview when he said this to me, which may have helped spark that moment. I am the only person in the world to have seen the world from that view ever. Oh my God, that just gave like, me chills. <laughs> so no matter who it was, like, and Etienne or Stein or any of the other guys who were up on the map are the only people to have seen the view that they saw ever. That's insane. Right? So when you can capture that, and I'm like looking at this print on my wall on the other side <laughs> of the computer, when you can capture that and then share that, like that feeling is so much more amazing. Like, yeah, it's a sail, like you're looking down at a sailboat going through ice, but like when you know what's behind it, like it's just so much more. And yeah, it was cool. That was, is so uh, awesome. That's like the epitome of storytelling too. When you can take that photo, but you can also show why you were there, where that photo came from, what 
experiences are associated with that photo. That's really cool. Um, Well, this has been such a good interview. I feel like we could continue talking for like hours, but (laughs) that's, we'll have to have you back on because this was so awesome. (laughs) Thanks for having me on. It's been really awesome to chat with you guys and I'd be stoked to do it again. All right, guys, that wraps it up for this episode of Creative First and we'll see you next week. Bye.